Well, good evening, good morning, good afternoon, whenever you're listening to this episode. Welcome back to the Level Ground Podcast. I'm your host, Grayson Seegers, and today we are joined by a very special guest, um, and we'll get to introductions here in a minute, but before we do, we want to do, like always, jump into the housekeeping just in case we forget. Remember, go like us on Facebook, like the Facebook page, go there, and right there is where the hub of everything that goes on it can really be. So you can spread it from there, you can... Uh, like it from there you can get to all the episodes and whatnot from facebook if you want to or you can find us on all the platforms um and and interact with us we we want to hear from you uh then look at levelground.22 that's our instagram go there we're we're periodically and sporadically posting and we're going to try to get to where we're posting at least once a week sometimes twice um and then also reach out to us uh on email if you want to, uh, we'd love to hear from you. The email is levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. That's really the, one of the best ways there. Facebook Messenger, DM us on Instagram. Any of those are great ways to get in contact with us if you need to. Um, and then finally, if you or anybody you know needs a Bible, let us know. We want to get you a Bible, and we really want to... Uh, to do this for you because that's our heart's desire is that everybody have the opportunity to have a copy of God's holy word. And if we can help in that, then that is wonderful. And this whole podcast will be a success. But nevertheless, we've got a special guest here today and we were praying and kind of thinking about some people that we could have come on. And uh, this man come on our heart. He's a friend of mine. Uh, his name is Mike Resendez. And he's just recently has got back to the United States from Indonesia, and he served as a missionary over there. And and honestly, we got to praying and got to thinking, and, and maybe here in just a minute, uh, we'll learn some things that'll help us, maybe uh, some things from Indonesia even that'll help us. But uh, without further ado, Mike, are you there? Yes, sir, I am. How are you, buddy? Been blessed, man, just enjoying time with family getting uh, climatized back into the states you know with all this cold weather <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the rain too on top of it yeah well the rain's not so bad since they they only have a rainy season and a dry season over in indonesia so it's just the cold that's the big thing the cold here <laughs> yeah well um it's good I'm, I'm i'm glad that you you were able to come on with us and and when we asked you you didn't even bat an eye you're like okay yeah whenever um, so I really appreciate it. I'm, I'm glad that you got to join us today. Um, well, thank you. It's definitely an honor. And I appreciate what you do with these online ministries as well, man. It's, uh, it's a big deal, man. It helps to reach like a lot of people, you know, and, uh, you know, those online ministries are important because that's how, that's almost how you reach this generation is through the, you know, the online, you know, methods and stuff. Mm-hmm. And, and the radio is, is ultimately, I hate to say becoming obsolete, but it is, but, we can yeah. sit here and we can talk all evening. Um, let's go <laughs> ahead and get into it if you want to. So I'm sure everybody listening is going to want to know the first thing and the most important thing. Tell us real quick like about when you got saved and when the Lord saved your soul. Okay. Well, I'm actually in the room right now. So it's uh, it's kind of like a living space now, but it's uh, right now I'm with my, my family, you know, and just uh, so let's see. I'm actually in my parents' basement. And so around six years ago, actually, Spring, summertime. I remember the exact. I don't remember the exact date, but I remember the day when the Lord just He dealt my heart a lot of times, and 
I had, and you know, and I'd been convicted in church, had been baptized, had been all these different things, prayer to prayer, all these things. I mean, that's normally, you know, even in the book of Acts, they had somebody that had that happen, you know, where it was a false profession. But like the thing is, like, I just, I wasn't saved. I was, I was scared of what everyone else thought of me, right? Those kind of things. And just, and, and I was finally, I had to lay that aside. I was like, Lord, I'm sorry. Please forgive me. Please save me. And the verse that comes to mind a lot of times with that is just repentance toward God and faith toward the Lord Jesus Christ. I just finally had to put my faith and trust in what he did for me Amen. on the cross. And, you know, the Bible says, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And so, you know, and, and that, that was the thing that changed my life. You know, he forgave me. And I didn't even really understand it at the time, but I started worshiping right after I got saved and went and told my mom, you know, and just, and eventually, you know, Holy Spirit and the sanctification process, right? And mm-hmm. so, he, you know, eventually he got me back in church. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I was young at the time. So when I could start driving at the age of 16, you know, and everything, you know, like, you know, later on, hey, I started driving to church. And But uh, before I was even in church, though, um, when it comes to, yeah, I, I, I knew, uh, you want me to tell you about my call to preach because it's kind of connected to it a little bit. Go ahead. Go ahead. Talk to us about it. Okay. So, like, before I even got back in church, it was like two or three months later, there was some Mormons. I'd go up to the assisted living where my mom worked, and I knew in my heart, I was like, man, that's not good. You know, they don't preach the gospel. And so the thing was, was the fact of the matter is, it bothered me in my heart. And I was like, well, Lord, why don't you send Brother Richard Welbert? He's a deacon from one uh, from Fairfield Baptist Church where I used to be a member of, you know, throughout most of my life, you know, mm-hmm. or I used to go there and then when I got they became a member there at the time and everything. And it was just, it was such a blessing. But the thing is, I was like, Lord, send him, tell him the truth. And the Lord was like you. And at the time we have such, you know, we all know how the call to preach is. It's like, it's a big deal, you know, in our churches and stuff. We always say like, you got to make sure, you know, people want to make sure that it's like, Hey, are you called to preach? And well, I didn't know at the time. I was like, well, I don't know if, if I'm called to that. But the thing was, it's like, hey, I knew God warned me to go tell them the gospel. So Mm -hmm. I started preaching. And so whenever I got into church, I got baptized. I officially announced my call to preach and all these different things. But, you know, the Holy Spirit even already had shown me, you know, because at the moment of salvation, we get our spiritual gifts. Of course, some of them are not here today, right? Like speaking in tongues, all that stuff. But we do have the pastor teacher gift, and that's one of the ones that God gave me. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I've been preaching ever since then. I've done um, in this, you know, the Lord's, he definitely not, you know, <laughs> it's one of those things where it's like, you know, just it's, it's definitely what he wants me to do. Exactly. And and when, and I'm sure everybody that hasn't truly announced their calling to preach, whatever denomination they're from, I mean, I, I don't care if you're Holiness, Methodist, Baptist, whatever. Right. Um, but yeah. when God really calls you, there's there's a change there. And there's something that, I mean, you just can't get away from it. Um, yeah. and that's how I was. I, I couldn't get away from it either. But, um, so how old are you? Are you, are you, how old are you? Are you younger than me? Older than me? Tell everybody how older you are. I'm, uh, 22 years old right now. Okay. So yeah, you're, you're three years younger than me. Yeah. Um, Dang. so <laughs> you are 22 years old and just got back from Indonesia. That That's a feat in itself. Um, go ahead, go ahead and tell us. We'll 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 just go ahead and jump into that. I'm kind of enjoying hearing these stories. Uh, go ahead and tell us about how you you ended up um getting led into the mission field, and then the process of how you really knew that it was Indonesia and where you needed to go and whatnot. Go ahead and tell us about all that. 
Okay. So, um, so at the time, let's see, that was years later. So I kind of like, you know, wandered around for a while and I was just like, you know, you know, and just, I was like, Lord, I, at, at one point years later when I was going to UNG, I was like, the Holy Spirit was like, Hey, be a missionary. And so I was like, at the time, I was like, no, Lord, I'll, I'll be a pastor, traveling preacher. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. I was just like, no. And so then the Holy Spirit was okay, let me kind of do my own thing for a while, you know. And I think, I think if we're all honest, we've all had those little moments in our lives. I know I struggle with that and like those kind of things, you know what I'm saying? And just, but the thing was, was the fact of like, you know, years later, my, you know, there was a, you know, preacher, you preached the message. And at the time, I was stuck at home because of, you know, my family, you know, my mom had COVID at the time. I watched a, me- a sermon on a message, and it was about, you know, prayer and how the Lord had prayed the night before. He was under persecution at the time. He goes to a mountain and prays, and then the next day, he goes and chooses the disciples. And, and one of the main points was, like, if the Lord needed to pray, then how much more? You know, it's like, exactly. it's like almost like a question. Like, how much more should I pray? Like, conviction on my part, you know? But the thing is, like, and so especially even before one of the biggest decisions of his life, right? Mm-hmm. So the thing is, like, yeah. prayed, those kind of things. And so I went and prayed afterward. And, I, you know, in, in the Holy Spirit during that time, he dealt my heart. He's like, hey, you're called to missions. So then I got in contact with my pastor at the time. He gave me all these different mission boards and stuff. And, he, and then I was like, I kept feeling led, you know, to go to a particular one, which was Vision Baptist Missions at the time. And so, you know, I felt led there. Of course, you know. Eventually, I got in contact with him, and during the process, the Holy Spirit used one of the missionaries there in, in, in any way, and just different things, and I just prayed about it. I was like, Lord, is this like a Paul and Timothy thing? And he's like, yeah. And so finally, you know, I, I and so during that time of praying and just making sure 100% is like, okay, this is Lord, this is what you want me to do. You know, and I struggled with that in my life. So the thing is, like, and then eventually, you know, he, he made it clear to me, and, you know, just about me being called to Indonesia. And that was a big deal, you know? Yeah. And so the thing was, like, you know, and, and even later on, people would make me question it. Be like, uh, are you, you know, you shouldn't, you shouldn't really worry about where you're called yet. But the Holy Spirit, I knew in my heart, right? We all have those little things where the Holy Spirit reveals things to us. We realize it's like, that's it. Mm-hmm. But hey, but the thing is, the fact of the matter is this, is that God had revealed it to me that I, I'm called to Indonesia. So the thing is, so... I went through the training, I went to the, and then finally got to the mission field, you know, after two years of training, around two years, and I got to the field, and I remember a lot of the books I'd read, and so there's one book, and we shouldn't be afraid of the name of it, you know, even though not everything's perfect with the the word, but the psychology of missions, and what Mm -hmm. it was, was like, they took all these different data and statistics, and and like, kind of like polls, and asked missionaries that made it, and missionaries that didn't make it, those kind of things, say like, hey, you know, whatever. And so the thing was like, you know, they, they asked like, why did you leave the field? What was your biggest struggles? Why did you stay on the field? How long did you stay on the field? All these things. And one of the things that pointed out to me was this, and this really helped me in my life while I was over there was the fact of like a missionary, a lot of times will feel like I'm not doing the most I could, you know, like I don't feel mm-hmm. I'm as efficient as I would be back home or, you know, and I, that can even apply to a Christian. Sometimes the devil will get in our hearts and be like, like, man, like, I'm really struggling over here. Yeah. It's like, but yeah, maybe you may only be doing like what maybe uh, a native is, could be, you know, you may only be able to do 60% of what they can do because you don't know the language. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's understandable. And so the point is, you may be doing the most you can with what you know at the moment. 
And so that's the thing. He's just holding on to that and trusting the Lord. And not one thing I learned while I was over there, I was taking language school and things of that nature for around six months. And, uh, you know, those kind of things. And just realizing like, hey, because it was days. And of course, I beat myself up on things. But the thing is, like, I'd have to just kind of lay aside, kind of like uh, water off a duck's back, right? Exactly. Like, okay. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, I'm under grace. You know, I'm saved. You know, now, was I a perfect missionary? Of course not. I'm, I'm probably the worst one there's ever been. I'm the least of the saints, if nothing else, I was over there. But the thing is, like, you know, that really helped me, that truth of just not just beating myself up over things, you know, when I fell short to do whatever. Mm-hmm. You know, like, because, um, you know, it's like with anything. It's the, so anyway, uh, I learned while I was over there, I was one of the big things that God helped me learn over there is be around the people. Just be around them, you know, learn their culture. I mean, they're different than we are. They, they, they're How to be polite over there is different than over here. Mm-hmm. You know, like they have different words for, for a man, for a child, for just a friend, whatever, like whatever it may be. Like me and you, I could call you Anda. If I was talking to a lady, I'd say Ibu, which means lady. If I say, oh, he's older than I am and he's married, he's like, hey, but pop, he's married, so whatever. You know and, what that's, and that's a learning curve in itself. I mean... And I think what a lot of people don't realize, and you tell me if I'm wrong, and you may not have even realized before you got into it, and honestly, I don't uh, understand it fully because I've never been in that place. But number one, you're having to leave home for a little bit. but And yeah. and you're having to go where God said, which is a place that you've never been. You don't know nobody. You're, you're pretty much packing up, saying, okay, God, here's where I'm going. And... Then you leave the culture you're used to, the language you're used to. I'll even say the food that you're used to, and yeah. and, and and you're going over there to. I don't want to call it a strange land, but you were, and you sit down, and not only do you have to, like you said, you're having to learn the language. Uh, you know, you're having to learn the culture. You're having to figure out what food is good over there and what food's not. You're having to figure out what the weather's like. You're having to figure out, you know. Where's the safe places to go? Where's not the safe places to go? And all of these things. And I mean, tell me if I'm wrong, but that seems like it would be almost a little bit of a learning curve. And for me, at least, I feel like it'd almost be discouraging at sometimes. Yeah, I mean, uh, there's you have to, at that point, you're practically, it's almost like you become a child again. You know, these people, and you think about it, if someone moved over here, and they look at, you know, let's say you have a little brother or a little sister or something that's a little bitty, right? Mm-hmm. And I have three So let's say they're three years old. They had to learn all this stuff over the course of years. Mm-hmm. But we, you know, you have to take it that in the mindset and say, you know, if you're behind or whatever, you just say like, hey, you know, like it took them like, you know, so like, you know, learning all these things, I, I guess the big thing with the culture but the, because the people a lot of times, at least in Jakarta, the main capital city over there, they pretty much were just like, what you call it? it they were very friendly, very loving. Their, their culture is if you start talking to them, they'll talk to you all day. You know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah. So, like, you know, and the point is, is like, that's their culture. And so they'll stop what they're doing. They'll start talking. I mean, if you ask enough people, they'll, they'll teach you Indonesian. They'll be like, yeah, I, you can practice with me. And then they'll let you practice your Indonesian sentences that you learned that day. And so I think, I mean, just just being around the people and uh, becoming friends also with the Christians 
at the churches over there, you know? So like you, you, like there were guys that I knew from a Bible college and I would, and you know, when I, they would drive me home afterward. Cause like you'd either, either I'd go with a taxi motorcycle guy, which would only be like a dollar or two or three, you know, yeah. or like a taxi back home, which is pretty cheap for us in America, you know, exactly. For the, but, but for those guys, it was just like, they, and they teach me and I just learning and just listening and, and all those kind of things, you know, and, and you know, like, like you, like you know how this is. Like you, when we talk to older preachers and stuff, you listen to them, and they give us all these experiences, all these kind of things. And, and, and you know, it's kind of the same way, but but with like you know, with with Indonesians, it could be a child, and they could teach you like, hey, don't don't swim in the creek over there because all their you know their sewage goes there, <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> yeah, you know. And so it's just yeah, but I will tell you, man, it's uh, when it comes to learning, just be around the people learn the language, just, you know, learn what you learn in class and practice it over and over again. Because, you know, when it comes to learning another language, it's hard, you know, it's like Paul, and this was with the gift of tongues, but, you know, that's not around today. But the thing is, the thing is, though, is that when it comes to a different language, it's like they can't, if they can't understand you, it really can't help them. Exactly. Right? Like, you know, the gospel, I could tell them about Jesus, but like, they may not, they may only catch the name Jesus, but everything else is like, you know, like me saying, oh, salamat malam, abu kabar tamat. You know, like saying something like that to you, it'd be you like, what in the world are you saying? <laughs> exactly. I'm, saying, I'm like, you know, I'm saying like, yo, good night. How are you, my friend? You know, like that kind of thing. How are you, friend? And like that. But for them, it's like, that's how they feel like when I'm, when I'm trying to tell them about Jesus in English. And so it's just those kind of things where it's like, um, I think, um, and then of course, visiting the churches over there was a real blessing. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. going to different churches and realizing, hey, you know, and learning from them, you know, different church cultures, different church dress. I mean, like, um, one thing I tried to do was when I visited churches, I dressed like they would. And so, you know, like they have a particular thing called a batik. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of like, so the Americanized Indonesians will wear a button up shirt. Mm-hmm. But those that are of a more traditional background, they will, or just, you know, the traditional Indonesian, they'd wear this thing on a batik, and it's very colorful, very lively, that kind of thing, a lot of patterns. And for us, some uh, an American might say, well, that looks like a dress. <laughs> it's a shirt, but it's, you know, it's a button exactly. up shirt. It almost looks like yeah. a dress. For them, that's like, that's their version of a button up shirt. And so it's like, hey, that's cool, ain't it? And so, and even if they came in with a holy t shirt, I mean, you know, like actual holes, not like set apart holy, but you know what I mean? <laughs> but, but like, you know, hey, we're not even like, even if the Indonesians weren't like very rich or anything, treating them the same as if you would a rich person and just those kind of things and just learning. And because in one thing they did, and you wanted to know about something that the Indonesians did over there, that was a great blessing. And uh, maybe churches over here, churches already over here do this. But the thing is, and something I need to do in my own life more, you know, just a lot more in my own life, but is that when I'd visit these churches, a lot of times they would either be like, hey, do you want to come eat with us? Mm-hmm. And then they'd teach me for like hours. They would just teach me Indonesian, or they'd talk Indonesian. I'd ask them, hey, what what books do you have? You know, theology books, what commentaries do you got in your language? And I'd learn all these different things like, well, how do, what's your advice on, you know, you know, soul winning here. What's your advice on this and that? Because it's illegal to soul win there, to go soul winning over there. And so that's the thing is just, 
just, uh, just, but the thing was, they were, they would, they would be willing to spend time with me. And these guys are a lot poorer than I am, man. Yeah. And like these guys, Hey, we're going to feed you something. I mean, that's a big deal. You know, like, even though some of them are more rich, some of them are less, you know, like a lot less than what we got. you right. Mm-hmm. The thing is they, and it's just, but they would still be like, Hey, we would like to take you out to a war tech and, and, you know, and things. And the war tech's a restaurant from a particular area of the islands there. Mm-hmm. And, uh, particular on the island. And, uh, fun fact, every time I ate at a war tech, I got sick <laughs> <laughs> every time. Yeah. Um, so, and, and so I guess I, I'll, I'll ask you this question. Mm-hmm. Um, if you could, Take the the just the churches you've seen and Christians as a whole in Indonesia, and of course they're in different circumstances than we are. Um, but if you could just take them and kind of um, maybe talk about some of their attributes, maybe something that they've got that you noticed that stood out to you, some of the things because I know there's got to be a ton of things that probably stood out. Yeah. Um. I will say one thing, and this, and this is not a criticism at all, in fact, but I will say that a lot of Americans, um, now, I know your home church, so your home church is not really like this, you know, mm-hmm. but the thing is, uh, there are some churches out there, they're like, well, if the service, if somebody prays a long time, you know, it's like, oh, how, you know, you know, there were some missionaries over there, people that would be like, man, the Indonesians just pray so long. I mean, and like, and I'm not very spiritual, but I know, and you know, and you know this, and we know and they're better Christians than I am. But what I'm saying is, is that they, when it came to the church culture, it was hard for certain people to adapt because the thing is, it's like, hey, it's like, you know, if they like praying over here, I mean, that's a good thing. I mean, the book of Acts, in fact, we all should be praying more in churches because the thing is, like in the book of Acts, they prayed together a lot, you know, a lot. Mm-hmm. And so. I mean, that's how, you know, the day of Pentecost in Acts chapter 2, they're all praying together in the upper room. I mean, later on, you know, when they're praying for Peter to be released from prison, all those kind of things. So, I mean, there's a lot there, but the point I'm saying is that they would pray a lot together. And I I really love that, you know, Mm -hmm. in different things. So I think that's something that's important, you know, because like even their Wednesday night services, they'd pray before, I think they'd pray after, and then they'd pray again. (laughs) So you could end up spending 10, 15 minutes just in prayer together in the service. If it really went long in prayer, you know? Mm-hmm. And, 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 and honestly, and you tell me if I'm wrong, that God might have blessed that, you know, or you probably seen God bless that because, I mean, they. I, I'll speak for me when it comes to praying at least. I mean, a lot. there's very few times, I'll put it this way, there's very few times that I sit there and I'm uh, – on my knees and I'm praying and I'm willing to pray until I get an answer or I'm willing to pray until I know that I've got a prayer through or anything like that. And sometimes I'm just like, well, dear, dear Lord, thank you for letting me breathe today and keep me safe today. And, you know, uh, thank you so much for saving me. And then I go about my way and, and, and at times those are, those are good prayers, but to be able to get down and to pray for 10, 15 minutes at a time and not even bad an eye, that is, ab- to me, that's absolutely amazing. Yeah, they uh, they definitely, when it came to prayer, it was it was a blessing for me, cause, for me personally, because it's just like, 
even when I didn't understand the whole prayer about hear certain parts, I'd be like, because it's, it's just really helpful for our spiritual lives, I think. I mean, that's one of the things I love about the tent rot revival that we do, you know, every year in Lumpkin County, you know, well, I'm not in Lumpkin County, but you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so be like, you guys would have a prayer meeting before, and it's like, that makes a difference. Prayer makes a difference. It really does. And so it was just, just one of those things where it's like, um, that was something that stood out to me that I loved about the churches. But uh, I do know, and I will note that, Sometimes as Americans, we take that in, I mean, I'm guilty here, even with anything. And then like, it's very easy to attack things that are different than us, right? Yep. And so it's like anything that's different, it's like, we're like, oh my gosh, it's wicked. But you preach in a lot of churches and you know how it is. One church will be this way. Another church will have, you know, people, you know, calling out the different songs from, from the congregation. Some people have one song leader that chooses all the songs. You know, and so it's just, yeah, it's one of those things. Well, in every church, as far as the local church, the assembly of people, they're they're different. And I've I've learned this over the years that, um, that really, just because it's a little bit different than you and goes against your tradition, um, whatever yeah. you were raised in, doesn't mean it's necessarily wrong. And, it, and I'm one of them that if it goes along with the word of God and the spirit of God's in it, I'm going to be right there in yeah. the middle of it. Amen. <laughs> so yeah. was their services, were they structured the same as ours are? Or? Um, so I think so. I mean, they're plant most of those churches. So there were, there were Filipino uh, missionaries. I met one of them while I was over there, real kind guy. And, uh, but anyway, but, but, most of those churches that I knew of were not over, most of them were not over 80 years old, I don't think. And so a lot of them were, they were pretty much, what's it called, planted by American missionaries. So there's a lot of similarities, but there's also a lot of differences because, of course, Indonesians, you know, and I mean, it makes sense. They personalize the church for their culture. And so, but when it comes to structure, I would say that it's practically the same, you know, they have singing introduction uh sometimes they'd have one indonesian read the uh the scripture that would be preached and then they'd go to singing again and then somebody would come and preach so there was that aspect to it like the prayer meeting that was kind of like how the prayer meeting on wednesday nights would go at uh gebe ee pratama and it was that's their acronym for their independent baptist churches there yeah and it means first baptist church is pratama means first and so it's like first baptist church and so you know those kind of things so yeah, I and then they would go into preaching, and then they'd have like the long period of time of prayer for that kind of thing. And so, you know, and yeah. so, um, yeah, I mean, pretty much the same. But uh, I mean, but it's like with anything, <laughs> it's just uh, I think I'm trying to remember. I mean, of course, baptism services practically the same. Um, yeah, there's a lot of similarities. So, would you say? that the Indonesian how how would the the desire of the Indonesian Christians be compared to maybe us do they have a stronger desire is it the same I mean because I've heard many times from people from other other countries when they got back they said that when those people from that culture got saved they were on fire and they actually would would just work like crazy for the Lord you know yeah um I will say, I think it differs. Um, 
I really do think it differs because uh, I'm not I'm not one to. Uh, I mean, I have a naturally, and this is this. Uh, so it's just one of those things where it's like it's a very broad question. So like, um, there's a lot of people, of course, that you know they're on fire for the Lord over there, and they're and they're practically the same as us, right? You know, there's some that are kind of like, well, we go to church, but it's you know a part of our lives, right? But you know, it's like whatever. You know, and, and then there's the other ones where like, man, this is this is what I live for. This is what I, you know, is to try and tell people about Christ and and you know help start. You know, like the guys at the Bible college, they they were trying to help start a church over there. Yeah, <laughs> you know, all going to Bible college. So it's like all these different things. It's like so you got these guys that are super fired up, and it's just like America. And then you got some that are like, well, they come to church, but that's you know maybe they of course they pray and read their Bible throughout the week, and they're on fire for the Lord too, but. You know, maybe not as much like soul winning or whatever it may be, whatever it may be that, you know, with whatever they were doing. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. So, and then there's nothing, I'm not critiquing them. I'm just saying like, it's practically the same as America in that respect. But then every once in a while, you'd find somebody that's like, this guy's really trying to lead people to Christ. Like, there was one old pastor, Pak Tom Bunan, it means Mr. Tom Bunan. He, uh, he, I literally, no joke, just a short snippet. I literally went and visited their church on a Sunday morning. I got took their my taxi, dropped off. The guy didn't even take me to the church, sadly. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. But the thing is, dropped me off beside the major highway there. And I don't know how many minutes we were from the place. I literally walked all, like out of the taxi car to the, one of the first people I saw, and literally they knew who he was. And all the guys there on that side, on that part of that that little area of the street, knew who he was because he'd already witnessed to him. Yeah. So there's people like that in, in a place where it's illegal to try and tell somebody to convert to Christianity, be saved. And I mean, but that guy was just, he just getting to know people and witness to them, getting to know people and witness to them. And so that was, that was one of the things that, so you, yeah, you do find some people where it's like, they get her done as, as the Southern thing says. Yeah. You know? I, I, so you, you saying like, it was illegal to, uh, to be to witness what was how how would someone go about doing that over there um i was given different advice and multitude of counselors are safety but i will say that there were, in missions and in those kind of countries it's very there's a lot of fearfulness i think mm-hmm. believers even my own self i struggled with that over there but i finally had to kind of just put that aside and say like hey i need to tell people about christ you know yeah, and so some people say don't ever hand out tracks. I knew a pastor over there; he got took to court because he was handing out tracks. They made him sign a paper; he could never sign tracks again, or he'd go to jail or something. And so, like, in that whole Bible college that you know that he, he trained, you know, teaches them don't hand out Bible tracks. Well, and then I got other guys who are like, well, hand out Bible tracks after you get known. So, and then you got all these different, like, you know, different things. So, what I did, I did ask the Lord to help me to, you know get away with more than what most could so but and it wasn't wise but i just tried to hand out tracks you know to different people on the sides of the street if i went to eat somewhere whatever you know like just at the store in a mall anything if you see some you know if god will allow me to either make an opportunity or or pray for an opportunity to open you just hand them a track and then i'll try and witness to them i had like uh, somebody helped me translate my language teacher my testimony and just try and tell people how to be saved from there. And um, so, 
you can witness there, but you know it's, it is illegal. You can be kicked out for it yeah. as a missionary. You can be, and, but that's part of it. You know, like God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. That's in the context in that pastoral epistle of soul, of of tell you know of witnessing for Christ. Yeah, you know He's given us a spirit of fear, and so that's the thing. Like, um, I'm not special. I'm not spiritual at all by means anything. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you that we have to reach people regardless. Now, I understand there's places like in the Middle East, I'm sure, where you have to even be more restricted, more careful. But I'm saying for me personally, that's what I found worked. And that's, and you know, and the Lord allowed me to get away with a lot there. Yeah. And, and we, so at the time of recording, there is another episode that has not dropped yet. But by the time this episode will air, there's going to be another episode drop. And we covered the Ministry of Reconciliation and how that the Ministry of Reconciliation was was really our God-given purpose. Um, and, you know, and talked about not only that, but talked about fulfilling the Great Commission. And, yeah. you know, you, you look at that and how blessed we are in the United States that we can freely go. I can... I mean, it may be frowned upon. Somebody may not like it. Um, yeah. But I can go up to somebody in the street, and I can tell them about Jesus, and no punishment by law is really going to happen. Whereas in other places like you in Indonesia, that you had to be fearful for that. Yeah. it's it's That's why I think, you know, Paul even asked people to pray for him. You know, they'd be delivered from unreasonable wicked men. Pray for him to have boldness to speak it as he ought, you know. And that's why I appreciate you and Yahoo Baptist Church and all the different churches around that that prayed for me because it makes a difference. It really does. When when you pray for somebody like your missionaries, it can it might just help them, you know, get through things, man. Like yeah. they, you know, just help people to fall into conviction, all those kind of things. And and you're yeah. you're in a you're in a place where or we're in a place where there's just as many people um, around you, if not more, that, and you don't know if any of them know Jesus or not, and honestly, the majority of them probably don't. And you went with the goal of spreading the gospel. And, and wow. you know, and so many times I think that we get scared within ourselves here because we're like, oh, what if they don't listen to me? Or, oh, what if... You know, what if I slip up and I I I fumble around my words or but yeah. Those folks and, and you never know and you know this from being over there. You never know who you might come across that that would need to be saved and, and the Bible says that Paul planted or Paul planted Apollos watered and God gave the increase. And regardless of mm-hmm. if you've ever and I've, I've said this time and time again, regardless of if you've ever seen an increase from it, your job may just be to plant and may just be to plant yeah. the seeds. And you may never see an increase of it, you know. That's so true, man, because, like, that's part of missions that sometimes gets overlooked, you know. Is I, I, you know, just even in my own life, I was like, man, Lord, save so many people. I didn't see anybody actually get led to the Lord. We got people to church. You know, I tried to get people to church. And, I tried to witness. I hang all these tracks. I mean, like clearly. And then, like, I felt so discouraged. I was like, Lord, I'm just trying to bring home the bacon. You know, when I get home, I want to be able to tell you, hey, you helped me see people saved. Yeah. But 
I didn't at this particular mystery. I didn't. Um, so uh, you know, it's just part of it. It's just. But missionaries would tell me, you know, it's, it's a part of it. It's a part of missions. You know, it takes a time. It takes. Yeah. So I mean, for anybody out there that's listening, you know, that tries to tell people about Christ, you know, or maybe even for you, Grace, and like when you're preaching everything, you know, it's just like you may not see, like you just said, may not see the results, but it makes a difference in people's lives, man. It really does. You yeah. know, like yeah. How they know the truth is nothing else, and, and and this is me. And, and I don't know about you. I try to put myself in people's shoes, and I love hearing stories like what you're telling tonight because I get to hear from a different perspective. Because so many times I get blinded about what we see on Sunday mornings. You know, it's all. It, I don't want to say it's all the same. It's not all the same. But sometimes we get in a rut that we sing the same. Six songs, the preacher get up and preach for the same amount of time, and then we'll sing a few yeah. songs at altar call, and then we'll go from that and maybe have some people pray, then go eat lunch, you know, and that that is, it's, sometimes we get in that habit and sometimes we get in that rut, but hearing these things, and I try to put myself in, in these other people's shoes, and, and you know, I can, can't help but think that there might have been some Indonesian out there that seen some random guy that wasn't from there that couldn't speak very good Indonesian but cared enough about them that he was willing to share with them the gospel. And that in itself, I think to some people, and some people respect that, at least here in the States, that people actually care enough about them to say something. Yeah. Praise the Lord, man. He's the one that gets the glory anyway, right? Exactly, exactly. So if you had to sit down right now and and really just uh, maybe say some of the things that you learned, like what is the biggest things that you learned, something that you're going to carry with you the rest of your life um, out, of, out of you being in Indonesia? Okay, a few things would be, um, I mean, I'd face this moving from the country, uh, from, you know, near the, near the Blue Ridge mountains to Atlanta, but I, you know, and that made it easier when I got to Indonesia, actually even easier than moving that near Atlanta was, you know, not rejecting the culture, not comparing everything to back home. Right. Yep. And so like, so I could say like, Hey, you know, America is so much better as this, this, and this, you know, it's like, or I can just be like, okay, it's different, but I like it. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And so there's that aspect to it. And then, of course, when you come back from the States, you know, or sorry, back from Indonesia, you come to the States, you have to do the same thing. It's called reverse culture shock. And that's why some missionaries never get over that. And you got to be careful of that. And, you know, so if you ever seen it, you know, into like, you know, the fact of like, you know, they feel like they're not at home in either culture or whatever. And mm-hmm. so like, you know, well, I'm not exactly American. I'm not exactly whatever country in Africa, whatever. So that's the thing. It's like, um, just, you know, not, re- not not rejecting the culture of the people, um, practicing the language, you know, whatever you learn, practice it a lot. You know, it's, it's like, you know, learn those building blocks and then use them. You know what I'm saying? Whatever you learn and just use it a bunch. That way you, it retains, you know? Yeah. And so cause that helps in language learning is to be able to retain it by practicing. You know, it's like with preaching, you know, it's like some things are just, you know, really helpful in doing them. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right. Exactly. There's that aspect to it. There is a, uh, oh yeah, and not not judging others when they're different from us. You know, oh, maybe 
more conservative or somebody's more liberal than we are. There's things in my life I used to be so strict on that, like, literally, if I were to tell you, you'd be like, man, you're kind of crazy. So, I mean, the thing was, at the time, I was like, well, it's wicked. And then later on, I was like, well, it's not wicked, dang. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And so, just, like, you know, and so, just getting along with other missionaries. Now, if people ever attack you, I mean, sadly, I think one thing that we as believers need to learn more of anything all around the world is to get along, not attack each other. You know what I'm saying? Because yeah. The thing is, there was one city in Indonesia, and I'm not trying to speak bad of anything. I'm not even going to say the country, the, the, the city, but they were known for arguing amongst themselves, fighting amongst themselves. I mean, that's not a good testimony to leave. You know, it's like mm-hmm. we're not supposed to fight each other. We're supposed to be unified. We're, even if, let's say they're Pentecostal, let's say one's a Calvinist, let's say one's, you know, whatever. It's like, hey, but if they're preaching the gospel, they're still trying to see somebody saved. Amen. It's like, hey, I mean, when there's millions of people that are not believers and you got one believer over there that's way off, hey, at least he's trying to tell somebody about Jesus. Yeah. And so just not fighting amongst her. So I think that's the big thing is just, and you know, you don't have to straighten everybody out, you know? Like, I don't have to come, you know, like, I don't need to go up to everybody and be like, you know, your personal conviction that is terrible. You know, you really should think about, you know, whatever, you know, and that's just a part of it. And and something I've learned in in the few years that I've been trying to preach and uh even since I've been saved and God kind of opened my eyes to it what is the fact of it don't matter what background you come from as far as in just in life in general and it don't matter what church you come from and it don't matter what denomination you come from if you're saved, blood-bought, and born again, we're all going to heaven together anyways. We're all a part of the body of Christ, and we all ought to be fitly joined together. Amen. Um, so, if you were going to say, what, what was... I'm not going to ask you the reason why you feel like the reason you went went to Indonesia was, but tell me something that, that God really just struck home in you uh while you were there and taught you because i know for a fact you had to had to be learning some stuff from the lord while you was there um i think one of the biggest things um contacting others when you're you know whenever you're feeling down you know mm-hmm. like I, i'm like you guys you know i'm human like when i go out so winning i get scared at times just like you guys do you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Whenever I felt like I'm on some pinnacle where it's like, well, crap, this guy never, ever, ever deals with a temptation. It's like, well, of course not. You know what I'm saying? I'm yeah. human. If it, Sometimes I feel like more so. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. It's like, I think just not beat my, you know, just not destroying ourselves. I'm terrible about this, but just not letting the devil beat us up over things, you know, like God, you know, like, you know, I had a lot of responsibilities I had to do over there. And there was times where I was like, well, Lord, I feel like you want me to do this. And, and then I'd be like, well, what about this? And new information would come in and be like, okay. And it's almost like God would stop, stop dealing my heart about it. It's like, oh, yeah. Because, it was, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, Lord, I, I really need to go. Let's say I really need to go soloing today. But then I remember, oh, dang, I need to get that done. Like, whatever, et cetera, right? Yep. So I really need to get done for, you know, for today. And then sometimes I'd have to get some book work done. Or sometimes I'd have to focus on my taxes. 
stuff like that. And so, um, just, uh, maybe sometimes not feeling bad if you have a hobby. Yeah. A hobby sometimes, you know, our meditation of our heart, you know, can affect our emotions. And so, you know, I would go running, you know, and it really encouraged me during some hard times, you know, I'd start, I'd go run or go work out shadow box on the top of my apartment place and just, you know, stuff like that to help keep me, you know, encouraged and stuff like that. Sometimes it'd be something I could look forward to each day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And even Uh, here, even here, I mean, I've, I've said it for, for years that everybody needs a hobby. And sometimes I think the Lord, the Lord, at least for me, like one of my biggest hobbies is turkey hunting and I'm no good at it, but I enjoy (laughs) it. And, you know, and sometimes when I'm just there sitting in the woods, I may not hear a turkey within a thousand miles. There might not be a turkey within a thousand miles, but God will get speaking to me and I just get to, to rest in the Lord in a way. Yeah, but, that's uh, true, man. So yeah, I'm going to go ahead and, oh, before, what, what, what was you going to say? I hated to cut you off. Oh, no, no, you're good. Um, yeah, just, uh, some of the biggest things and just, I mean, just, I mean, of course our relationship with the Lord's always the main thing, you know, in our lives. And I guess one, anything else I would have learned would be just, I don't know, just, just contacting others, you know, text yeah. somebody, especially if you're ever feeling down and you feel like, Oh man, everyone's forgotten me back in America. That's a big deal for missionaries. If you really want to encourage a missionary, send them a text every, like, even if you put an alarm on your phone every two weeks and just be like, Hey, Texas missionary, text three missionary, whatever. Mm-hmm. And missionaries, you know, or preachers or whatever, you know, you may feel like, man, nobody ever texts me. It's like, but the thing is, the phone goes both ways, right? Exactly. Like, but I got a text. And so what I start doing, if I ever start feeling that way or just, just try and be encouragement, you, you know, just be sending out a text and be like, hey, you know, I love you, man. Appreciate and tell them something you act genuinely appreciate about, appreciate about them. And that way, that way, you know, it's, you know, because, like, if you love on others, a lot of times the Lord will encourage you while you're doing it. Yeah. And I think that, that that could help not only missionaries and preachers, but I think that could help mo- most believers because then you develop your friendships and things of that nature there. That's the truth. Right. And I guess we'll go ahead uh, and uh, start landing the plane, and I want to ask you one more question. Yes, sir. If you had a thousand lifetimes to do it over again, and to go and witness for the Lord in a strange land, would you do it? Yes, sir. Hey, man. Most, that's, I mean, that's God's calling on my life, you know. And God's will is always going to be best for us, right? That's and right. So, uh, that's just, I mean, honestly, there was a peace in my heart while I was over there. I knew that was the country that God called me to. And so, just a part of it. Hey, man. Well, I tell you what, we'll go ahead and start closing out uh, this episode and... Uh, we appreciate you coming on. Thanks we, for having me, man. We, yeah, we've enjoyed on. we've enjoyed having you, and, and I really hope that uh, that somebody will be helped from this. And and if nothing else, just know that no matter where God's put you, He does have a purpose for you. Amen. But uh, we'll get with you here in, here in a minute. We're going to go ahead and close this thing out today, um, and we hope that you, as the listener, enjoyed the level ground podcast today it was a little different um got to have our first phone interview um got to talk to a very dear friend of mine and talk about his time in indonesia he served as a missionary and and honestly the biggest thing i think that i learned 
out of all of it for me, and I hope that it helps you, is that no matter where you're at, God can still use you. God can still show you things. And we've said from the get-go on this podcast that ultimately the goal of the podcast was to have real talks with real people about real things. And and no doubt tonight, I, I guess it kind of hit home to me that it does make a difference when you're real, when you're real to the people that you're around, when you're real to the people that you're witnessing to, and all these manner of things. But that's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. Don't forget to find us on Facebook and at the Level Ground Podcast. Look for us on Instagram at the Level Ground.22. Uh, send us an email, levelgroundpod22 at gmail.com. And if you need a copy of God's Holy Word, then reach out to us and we'd be more than happy uh, to uh, to really uh, send you a copy of God's Word. And if you feel the need to reach out to Brother Mike, and you can look him up on Facebook, Mike and Resendez, and he'll be tagged in the Facebook post whether he knows it or not. And you can reach out to him there and, and send him some encouraging words and encourage him as he goes out into the world and tries to do something. But that's it today for the Level Ground Podcast. Until next time, stay grounded, my friends. Mm-hmm.